This is Twa Teams One Street from the Evening Telegraph, the only podcast as obsessed with Dundee and Dundee United as you are. United kick off the new SPFL season. And we discussed Dundee's dark blue dozen. Hello and welcome to Twa Teams One Street, episode number 231. Uh, no Tom Duthie this week, as you probably guessed already. Uh, so you've got me, George Cran, doing the chatty bit at the start. Um, and with me in the hot seat, I'll try my best to avoid comparing Dundee's new signings to the, the greats of the 70s and 80s and cause a bit of fuss on Twitter. But um, plenty to get through the big kickoff this weekend. With me, as usual, is Alan Temple. Hello. And Graham Finnan. Hello, everyone. It's the big kickoff. Finally, we're here. It's been a long summer of talking nonsense on Twa Teams on Street. Some of it interesting nonsense, maybe, but most of it nonsense. Enjoying the joy in the tears. The joy in the... Or, as it's been for Dundee fans sometimes in the Premier League, the tears are in the more tears. Mm-hmm. But it's back, George. Fantastic. I like the fact that George has just decided to wipe out the fact that the Viaplay Cup exists yeah, and just yeah. pretend that we've not been talking about anything. I, I think for any team in Tayside, we've <laughs> exactly. like, like ignored it completely. Yeah, it's, been, yeah. it's been an absolute massacre. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it didn't happen, honest. Um, no, the league's where it's at. It's, it's, it's the bread and butter, isn't it? For both teams, obviously, Dundee freshly in the Premiership, they want to stay there and United want to get back there. So we'll start with United. Obviously, they kick off the entire SPFL camp season, aside from the Viaplay Cup, um, on Friday night um, at Arbroath. So, Alan, are they ready for the league campaign, you think? They're as ready as they can be, and they're a lot more ready than I feared they would be after two games in the Viaplay Cup, those first two defeats <laughs> against Spartans and Partick Thistle. It's a really exciting prospect, let's be honest this is not the division Dundee United want to be at this is not the um, level they want to be at and Friday night will mark basically exactly two years since they were in Alkmaar defending a 1-0 lead in the Europa exactly I I believe it is exactly 12 months to the the day Um, so yes Stark and not where Mm -hmm. Dundee United want to be and where they must rebuild from but nonetheless as far as occasions go it's one that's to be looked forward to you know uh, almost 3,200 mm. Dundee United fans are going to Gayfield. I think they're going to have a fantastic uh, day just up the road. And uh, televised, under the lights, I'm sure a broth will bring a, a good following as well. And I've not actually checked the weather, which is a dreadful lack of research considering we're talking about a game at Gayfield. So I don't know what the conditions will be like, but that... Yeah, that o- I was going to... Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I don't know why I'm acting like, the, <laughs> like there'll be a mystery. It'll be, it'll be windy and miserable, probably. And uh, all of which um, is, is an element of box office for, for the game on the BBC Scotland. So um, although this is not where, um, at the start of last season, Dundee United would have... Uh, dreamed they were starting this season. Um, it's a, it's an, we are where we are, and uh, it's one to be looked forward to. It's that that air of excitement is still there, certainly for certainly for me, and certainly for a, you know, a lot of Dundee United fans that are looking forward to the away days, if not the the division and the grind itself. <laughs> it does feel though like they've um, got through the the troubles at the start, obviously with the, the first couple of results, as you say. But going into this game on the back of Two wins in the via play and a friendly win at Carlisle. Clean sheets in them all. It looks like they're getting themselves together. Yeah, they've responded well. They've responded well, which is all you can say at this stage. Um, there's no uh, predictions of, of grand success or that this is a unstoppable steamroller at this stage uh, of proceedings. That would be that would be silly. But what you can say is the three games after those initial two defeats have been really heartening. Um, They've played some decent stuff going forward. Louis Moult looks like a burial addition. Um, the, uh, that traditional number nine who doesn't do a great deal in the build-up but is there to put the ball in the back of the net is something that United really lacked last season. Stephen Fletcher was asked to do far too much in the build-up and thus wasn't in the box to put the finishing touch to attack. So I think Louis Moult, if he stays fit, will be a real, really good addition. Declan Gallagher will be a good addition. Docker and Sybil look great in the centre of the park. Goalkeeper looks good. 
that's a spine right there. Mm-hmm. And then you've got guys like Matthew Cujo that are um, kind of lighten lighten up preseason. So there's a lot um, th- there's a lot of positives, and the clean sheets are a particular positive. You touched on them there in, in passing. The fact that it's not just three wins, but it's three consecutive clean sheets, such a big problem yeah. last season. That um, the fact that we're um, tentatively at a stage where you can talk about those problems maybe getting solved. Um, is, is positive and in many ways the, the Carlisle game is actually even more positive than the, the, the two games um, against Falkirk and, and Peterhead they're both in lower divisions in Scotland whereas mm. Carlisle United big physical League 1 team have a look at the division list in League 1 that's a proper league a proper division Some they've been on teams. the up as well the Carlisle, uh, absolutely so, yeah. there's a, you know there's and there, as, as George rightly says they're a team with a bit of momentum from last mm. season so um that was a proper test, and they start their season as well, competitively this weekend. Mm-hmm. So it's not a case of, as is sometimes the case when Scottish teams go down south, you're maybe a week ahead of them in their progress. That So, yeah, all all positive at this point, but uh, that can obviously be punctured pretty spectacularly if I both get a result on Friday, which they are more than capable of doing. So um, everyone will need to keep their, their head screwed on and, and uh, retain a sense of perspective. But I, I sense that after a a few false dawns over the course of last season that I, I get the feeling that there is that sense of perspective and that sense of <laughs> nothing has been proved yet that the real stuff starts on Friday. And there, Alan mentioned about the 3,000 away tickets sold for, for Gayfield. It's no real surprise that, to me, particularly both clubs in, in this city love a, an away day at, at Gayfield, but it just shows that United fans are, are kind of ready to get behind their team and, and looking for... Looking for ahead to maybe more optimistic times than the well, season. they will get behind their team. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. They've done it in the past and, and they're going to do it this time as well. And I'll tell you what, if you need to start winning games, there's a lot of clubs will benefit from that in the championship this season because United will be taking 2,000 plus to away games if they get on a roll. Um, good for our growth because I remember towards the end of last season, Dundee took possibly a similar amount down there to Gayfield um, towards the end of the season. I would say... I was talking about the conditions on, on Friday night. If there's a good time to play yeah. our growth in the league, it's right at the start of August, you would think. Now, I've set myself up for that one. <laughs> it's been a, miser- it's been a miserable <laughs> week, though. <laughs> After a week of getting rained on, I'm kind of um, I'm, yeah, I'm doubtful yeah, for the prospects. There's a hurricane on the way, isn't there? Yeah, really? We yeah. know that. But it's set up for a cracking cracking game and a cracking match live on TV as well. So the rest of Scottish football, you know, we'll be, we'll be watching it. Um, uh, Jim Goodwin will be quietly, quietly satisfied the way things have changed for United over the last few weeks, and you know he deserves a bit of credit for that as well because they did have uh, a horrendous start in, in the Via Play Cup, uh, but he steadied the ship in terms of, I and mean, he's going about his business quietly. Certainly on the record, I'm sure you know behind the scenes he's got his message across to the players what he will expect from them throughout the campaign. He's also been able to bring in one or two additions who have already, as Alan said, made a notable impact on the team. The clean sheets are massive, and that's what's going to ultimately, I would think, get United out of this division. Every team's capable of scoring in that league, but if you can if you can keep it tight in, in games, you know, and, and deny teams any sort of slither of hope in games, then as soon as you get your noses in front, if you're, if you're a team that's capable of getting a lot of clean sheets, that, that, that can knock the heart out of teams because they know it's going to be very difficult to get anything back. But here, this is the first game in the league. They're playing an Arbo side who struggled a bit last season. Maybe struggle's not really the word, Alan, because, you know, where, where can Arbo expect to be in Scottish football? They set themselves up with a fantastic yeah. campaign, the previous campaign, where they almost got themselves promoted to, to the top flight. Um, I think that was that was a weight on their shoulders last season. But, you know, Dick Campbell got them out of the mire last season and I expected them to get get themselves out of the mire as well because they've still got the nucleus of the team that, that did so well. You're, you're talking the goalkeeper, Gaston, a reliable, good shortstopper, experienced man. The two guys in front of him, Ricky mm. Little and Tam O'Brien. Tam O'Brien, five-year deal at our What other player in the championship <laughs> gets a five-year contract? That shows how highly they regard him. And he is highly regarded amongst... As peers in, in the, yeah, in the yeah, championship definitely. as well, clever players like uh, McKenna. Michael McKenna yeah. up top. So, and they brought in one or two others who I'm going to be interested to see. When when you told me they were signing Jay Bird, I'd never heard of Jay Bird, and I'm sorry. Former Dundee legend, what are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. <laughs> on, on trial I, I, I last missed year. that completely. But yeah, <laughs> I was the name. I thought he was he was taking the Mickey when he said that. But <laughs> um, 
interesting to see how they go. There's a few other new faces in there, the boy Hilton uh-huh. as well. So, yeah, and we know Dick Campbell. He, he will be absolutely thrilled to bits with that. When he saw the fixtures coming yeah. out, he would have been yeah. rubbing his hands at the prospect of having a home game against Dungeon United to kick off the campaign. So, yeah, bring it on, George. It's yeah. going to be a cracker. Just be warned, Alan, if, if there is a monsoon or a hurricane or whatever, <laughs> tropical weather you want to throw at our broth, the press box isn't really the place to be when that happens. Yeah, <laughs> I know. We, we the new get, press box. Yeah, you can give the sort of it's quite the, nice. the listeners a bit of insight into yeah. that. We in the old uh, uh, newspaper sports group chat, there was a great video sent by <laughs> by our own uh, Ewan Smith of him uh, desperately. No, it was sent by me. Oh, was it sent by? Oh, it was of Ewan. Surreptitiously yeah. recording uh, Ewan that was with right, a towel. Yeah. Uh, yeah, de- desperately swabbing puddles uh, <laughs> on a table with a, with a towel. So yeah. that is the glamour that certainly I can look forward yeah. to in the championship this season. So um, uh, compared to the, uh, you know, if, if, if punters think it's prawn sandwiches and um, <laughs> luxury life in the press box, it, it really isn't. So yeah, to, um, be, to be fair, it's a decent setup, just as long as it doesn't rain. Sorry. <laughs> Which is just what you want in a broth, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? A setup that's great when it doesn't rain. Yeah. But uh, as Bear says, a bit, talking about the weather, but I, I wonder, our broths, uh, put, obviously they've having to sign quite a few players this summer and the way they've been putting their business together, I wonder whether it's a good time to maybe face them because their Viplay Cup campaign, uh, better say it did happen after ignoring it at the start, <laughs> but uh, it was quite up and down. Um, and they, they had the game against Forfar, I think they had... Th- three injuries at the back and then it ended up with only Ricky Little as the only fit defender so I wonder whether it might just be a good time to face a trip to Gayfield if they're not quite 100% ready I think every team at that level of football is probably undergoing something yeah. of a rebuild you know one year contracts and things are so prevalent now that um, I, I doubt there's many teams beyond the top teams that get to this point right at the beginning of August with a team that's gelled and, and steeled competitively but um, yeah, they, they had their highs and lows. They did finish it with a, a pretty decent 3-0 Angus Derby win mm. over Montrose, so that'll have built a bit of momentum. But I'm, I'm like you, I'm, I'm fascinated to see um, how they line up. I think we know that they will be organised and work hard and play to the conditions. You know, they they know their home ground and they, they know it well, although having said that, it's worth pointing out their home record wasn't brilliant. Um last year but I also think and uh, you know I had a wee conversation with, with Ryan Dow yesterday so you know plug to pick up a paper on Friday if that happens to be when you're uh, listening to this but obviously former Dundee United man and uh, had a wee chat about the fact that you know every conversation about a growth seems to be a conversation and we are kind of falling into <laughs> jokingly yeah. about hard work and about aggression and about the weather and they're also a very, very tidy football They've team. Got good players, yeah. You know, they don't like to muck about at the back. They don't like mm. to um, do a lot of the um, more fashionable elements of modern football. You know, you know, playing it about six passes at the back before then zipping it into midfield and then you know playing through the lines very gradually. They like to get the ball into the final third. However, when the ball is in the final third, if you look at a both goals they scored, particularly this season before last. Some fabulous football played, some great goals scored. And I think there's a belief in that dressing room that in people like um, Jermaine Hilton and Jay Bard and the German chap Turan, who's a double barrel first name, I can't even um, <laughs> begin to have a go. I think Keenan Thunwald, maybe. Um, I think there, there's belief that there's a real talent there uh, to go with, you know, your, your Michael McKenna. So um, interesting to see how they shape up and especially interesting to see whether... Um, once again they've got a, a degree of quality and edge in the final third to go with that fighting spirit and that organisation because certainly from speaking to Ryan there's a there's a quiet belief that they've compiled a decent squad there uh, over the course of the close season And looking at United do you feel like there's more transfer business to come from them between now and the end of the window? Yeah that's an interesting question. There's still a bit of time obviously. Yeah it's an interesting question basically because it kind of brings you on to the, the conversation about outgoings. Yeah. Um, uh, the budget is spent, it's my understanding that the budget is spent and if anything and this is to the credit of the, the board and, and Mark Ogren, I think they maybe a tickle over the budget that they intended to be at at this point uh, with the signing of Declan Gallagher. Mm. That was a statement of intent. That was the manager really, really being backed. And um, so, you know, well, well done to the the you know the board for that. But 
what I think it does mean is I think that signing is probably uh, weighted against the knowledge that they'll get Mark Birigiti and Charlie Mulgrew out. That is definitely what they want to do. It's what their expectation is they will do. But they need to do it. Yeah. You know, these boys are, you know, they are under contract. And in theory, they could sit on their contracts for the remainder of this season, which um, would be a, a bit of a disaster for United and is not something that they've budgeted for in their score building to this point. You've also got guys like Ilmari Niskanen, who um, has had an injury uh, issue during pre-season, so hasn't featured much, but I don't think it's any secret that he is cognizant of his Finland place. Scottish Championship isn't the best platform to be keeping your place at an international side when there's competition for places. He's also on Premiership money, so yeah. again, they would maybe look to move him on. If these people, uh, you know, if these players can go, that gives you wiggle room. It gives you spaces in the squad that that Jim Goodwin could perhaps work with. But at this moment in time. Unless there's significant outgoings, there won't be any signings. And in fairness, Jim Goodwin sounds and seems earnestly to be quite happy with the the options that he has within his squad. So um, if everyone stays fit, and there's obviously a couple of question marks in terms of the injuries Louis Maltz had and the the back injury that, that Declan Gallagher had last season, if these players stay fit and well, you'll struggle to tell me that there's a squad with more depth or yeah. senior experience or goals in them than that Dundee United team. When injuries bite, at that point you may wish you had a little bit more in reserve. Um, but getting championship that little, budgets, that's exactly. Have to go with that. Well, well, I mean, it's yeah, exactly. And you, you make a good point. I read some things online saying, you know, United fans saying, oh, we could do with another striker because if Louis Moult gets injured, Tony Watt's not been prolific at United, and then you're relying on Rory McLeod. Mm. You're going three deep in that <laughs> yeah. in that imaginary scenario, and. That's not the realities of life in the championship. Yeah. You know, it's uh, the, any club in the championship would kill to have one of Louis Moult or Tony mm. Watt. So saying what if one of those gets injured or two of those gets injured, well, then you need to rely on your kids because that's life in the championship. That's the budget constraints. It's Dundee United are not a premiership club right now and are having to, you know, be sensible with their money. So um, I, I think it's a... <laughs> Um, I think you, it's a wee bit of a fantasy to be able to um, have a hypothetical in place for if you lose two strikers of yeah. the calibre of Louis Moult and Tony Watt. I think there should just be a satisfaction that two strikers of the calibre of Louis Moult and Tony Watt are there for the start of the season. Has there been any word on Aziz BH? Is there? Uh, still in Australia, yeah, still in Australia. I didn't mention him, but obviously, yeah, you would expect... I think they would like. Um, I think everybody would like Aziz Pech to move on, and that's not in any way being disrespectful yeah. or petulant on any party. Um, he is a top international footballer who impressed at a recent World Cup and was very good for Dundee United last season. Thirty-three years old, he doesn't want to be spending one of his latter years in his career playing in the Scottish Championship. And I don't think, I, I think Dundee United are more than satisfied with the way Scott McMahon's been playing at left back. Mm-hmm. He is a, you know, a properly solid championship performer that will do fine this season on a lot less money than Aziz Behic is. So again, wheeling, dealing, being sensible, but we, you would need somebody to come in and yeah. actually you think, take You him. think the fact that Aziz Behic isn't back in this country and Putting him, make himself available, suggests Aziz Bessage, well, and the club seem quite happy with the, the there state is a, of play. There's a personal Aye, thing yeah. going on in, in yeah. Australia. Yeah, so yeah sure, sure, but even, even then, I, I, I'm pretty sure that the situation is that Aziz Bessage is you know, making moves to get himself and another club out there, and the club are quite happy with that. It'll just be a case over the next few weeks, something will happen. Yeah, I, I, th- I think we don't expect to see him back. At, at I, I wouldn't Very expect surprising. to see him back. No. I, it's and, and don't you think they're, are, they're, they're, they're quite happy with that situation? Yeah, yeah, I, I think it suits all, all parties, and yeah, there is a you know, a, a personal issue which clearly none of anyone's business, but would would make it beneficial and just another reason why it would be beneficial yeah. for him probably to be playing his football um, in, in Australia. And I'm pretty sure as the transfer window's wheels kind of continue to swirl, a club in um, Australia will look at Aziz Behic. I mean, I have a massive signing for Australia. I was having a, a look around and, you know, because when Aziz Behic tweets someone or, or tweets something or someone tweets about Aziz Behic, yeah. it's interesting looking at the replies because he's got quite a big Aussie yeah. following and 
through diving into that and clicking on replies and, and reading a few things, you see which clubs are looking for a left back, for example. And, you know, it looks like clubs like Melbourne City, Western Sydney Wanderers, Central Coast Mariners have just sold their starting left back to Aberdeen. So you'd imagine over the course of this, the, the next yeah. couple of weeks, there's going to be a club in the A-League that would snap your hand off for an Aziz Behic. So um, I would, I think there's certainly a hope at Tanadice and probably on Aziz's behalf that, that that gets sorted. But there'll be no anger or antipathy either yeah. way. It's just it's not worked out the way that anyone would have liked football-wise. So. And Baird, just looking from the outside, what, what do you make of the summer business at, at Tanadice and Jimmy Goodwin's, the team he's put together for this championship? I think it's been good. I think um, certainly latterly, I mean, he, he moved quickly to get to get Ross Dockery and, and Grimshaw and, and toughen, the, toughen the team up for the championship. Mm. He was building a team, he realised they're not in the premiership. He's building a team to win that championship and you know, they're going to have to grind out a lot of games and he, he's bought, brought in guys that are course and distance mm. grinders, if you like, you know, and, and Dockery and Grimshaw, but, you know, adding to that Louis more quality, yeah, if he stays fit. You know, Declan Garker, quality if he stays fit. The goalkeeper, early days, but good early signs. Good early signs that he looks at. Night, night and day from last season. A competent <laughs> keeper, as we've seen it. You know, if, if, unfortunately for Mark Bergitti, it just hasn't worked for Mark Bergitti, but I will, I will say he has had a, several chances to, yeah. you know, yeah. sort that problem out. And it just hasn't, for whatever reason, you know. But... Jack Walton, it's Jack Walton, isn't it? He's, yeah, yeah. he's come in and, and done really well so far. So really good signs, really really good signs. And now, you know, I, we sometimes as we're doing the we've done in the past, you tend to look at what Dundee United don't have and overlook what they actually have. Yeah. As Alan's already alluded to, uh, multiple clubs in the championships would have loved to have a forward line of, of Tony Watt and, and mm-hmm. Louis Moult, you know, just, you know, where they've been in their careers, they should they should be capable of banging in quite a few goals for Dundee United next season. And not just the goals, what they, what they bring to the game, you know, in terms of the link-up and hold-up play and, and, and how others should develop around them. And, and I think Jim Goodwin will be quietly satisfied with what he's done and hats off to the, hats off to the uh, Mark Ogren and the board for, for funding it because... You know, United are, as we've seen, they've taken a real hit over the last couple of seasons and the money they've invested in that club and to find themselves back in the championship is not someplace they would have thought they would be. But I think they've backed a manager to this point. At this point in time, to me, they look by far and away the strongest squad. Now, things can change because of injuries. Finger crossed that doesn't happen, but that happens to every club in the championship. We saw Inverness, Cali Thistle simply be derailed last season because I have a, a horrendous injury list and they had nowhere to turn. Nowhere to turn other than their, their kids. And even the, some of them had gone out on loan to Highland League clubs and they couldn't get them back to actually play them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the sort of thing that can happen. But you think they've got a lot of good kids in reserve as well. Let's not, yeah. let's not forget that. You know, let's not discount it. A lot of them have, have had first-team experience already. So if there are one or two injuries, which there will be, that happens in football, that's part and parcel of the game. There'll be opportunities there for these kids to come in and, and, and step up to the plate and show they're capable of playing at this level. When we're talking about um, transfer business and I'm not going to in any way kind of uh, linger on last season because it is over and done with and it is no use kind of thinking back, but watching that game at Carlisle in terms of a couple of the, the key performers and the way the game was getting broken up and things, I watched Jack Walton make an unbelievable finger sip saves tip save which if you go on Dundee United's Twitter you can see that the footage of that yeah. is it's a fabulous save from a free kick and also then watching Ross Doherty brilliantly dovetail with Craig Sibble they look a great defensive midfield partnership breaking up breaking up breaking up I was sitting there watching that just thinking I don't think Dundee United get relegated last season with that with those two players right. with those yeah, two yeah. additions and while those two specific players probably wouldn't have been attainable in January, you're not going to convince me that a Premiership Dundee United couldn't have attained two players like that. Those were the two positions they needed. Jim Goodwin's sorted it within one, you know, in the case of Ross Doherty, within days of the transfer window opening and then Jack Walton a little bit later. But he's he's fixed that problem within one transfer window fairly swiftly, got them gelled in, got them settled. If only Dundee United could have done that in January. <laughs> yeah. Everybody knew those were two problem positions and they didn't fix them. We but, spoke about yeah. we spoke about recruitment. So often. The goalkeeper. Ericsson goes, it's surely... 
Yeah. Go and get a journeyman pro from, the fans from, from England. Like the, yeah. the, the fury on, on social yeah. media and stuff. Was, after. Yeah. It's not the benefit of hindsight. We were talking about yeah. it in January and it's still... Um, it, you know, doesn't arc me. It's not. I'm not a supporter. I'm just a journalist. We, you know, we pointed it out. That's all we can do. But I, if I was a fan, it would it would still slightly wind me up. Albeit, yeah. time to look forward, and you can't yeah. do anything about it happening now. Yeah. You know, at least they've sorted now. But talking to the young players, Alan, you spoke to Matthew Kujo and uh, got a bit about him. A bit of uh, confidence, certainly. Um, what what are you seeing from him? Do you think this could be his season to finally kind of lay down a, a claim for a regular place? If he's 10% as good as he thinks he is, then <laughs> he's going to win player of the year. Um, that, that can make you as good as <laughs> as good as you think you are, just that sheer confidence. I've seen that player before. In, in fairness, he is, by all accounts, a fabulous talent. Um, technically, um, Jim Goodwin's been fairly uh, effusive about him on the record. Uh, I think if you speak to people off the record, players, coaches... They will tell you technically he is an outrageously talented footballer. Um, he just needs the things that teenagers tend to need, which is growing time. He's only five foot five, I think. You know, so he will get bumped about and he's to learn how to use his body, low centre of gravity. Mm. Um, needs to make the right decisions, needs to positionally be in the right places. But in training and doing his drills and the exercises and stuff, I think he's he is considered one of the most naturally talented players at the football club and he has 100% cemented that place on the right side of attack, coming in on his left foot, linking up with players. Really like the way he links up with Tony Watt. Um, I think that there's some real promise there. He just needs his first goal. You know, yeah. that, do you ever watch a player like that and you uh. think, he's doing everything, but oh, he's, he's snatched at his last shot or he's snatched at this or he's not made the right decision there. And you just think, I'd like to see him when he gets a couple of goals under his belt mm-hmm. because... Once the confidence starts flowing and he starts striking the ball cleanly and making the right decisions, he's got everything else. So uh, he's one of the players I'm most looking forward to seeing how he pans out over the course of the season because a 19-year-old, you're only going to see the best of him if he plays every week. And I think it's to Jim Goodwin's credit that I think he he is going to play him. I think he's going to give him a real chance. And basically, until you play your way out of the team, you're in my team, Mm -hmm. which I think is a real vote of confidence. Confidence confidence in your own ability can... Can carry you a long way. Yeah. I mean, look at look at Tom Duffy and his journalistic <laughs> career. I can I can see that because he's not sitting opposite today. But and no one's I, ever said he was the most gifted yeah. in, the, in the dressing but room. You're right. But. I mean, uh, it's great being confident because you know you, you can go in the park and you can play and you can produce. But that's the thing you have to produce. You have to find. You have to back up those words. What answers great performances and hopefully some goals. Remember Paul McMullen at Dundee I always liked Paul McMullen yeah. I thought he made a huge difference in the championship sheer, sheer pace but I think Paul McMullen could have had double the amount of goals for Dundee you know if, if he had a wee bit yeah. more composure in, in the in the final it was kind of the same with United yeah, yeah he was a bit yeah. he was a bit like that and I like Paul McMullen you know I wish him well in Ireland this season but you do have to produce if you're going to talk the talk you have to walk the walk when you're on that part because if you don't you can you can bet there'll be punters on the terraces. I'll, I'll yeah. come back and what you've said will bite you big time. You know, so you have to produce on the park. I had a wee you know conversation with, with Jim Goodman on the phone earlier this week, and uh, given our finite space, I don't think we'll actually I'll actually do this piece. So this is kind of exclusive quotes for the podcast, if you like. But we got into chatting about um, Glenn Middleton, who's mm-hmm. obviously who scored in Carlisle and hasn't had the minutes that, for example, a Kai Fotheringham or a Matthew Cujo has had. So discussing his goal and. You know, whether we'll you know see more of him and, and generally how he's progressed, and thought it was really interesting that Jim basically made it clear that he sees the battle for position as between Kai Fotheringham and Glenn Middleton. He sees Glenn Middleton as a left winger, direct, mm. wants to get get him to the byline, simplify his game, get him taking on people and whipping crosses into the box. Doesn't see his best position as necessarily playing on the right and challenging Matthew Kujo for that kind of cutting inside and 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 causing havoc in that regard. So, as I say, it basically makes a clear run for Matthew Kujo. You know, it's uh, in terms of who you would put in the side instead of him, you're then talking about you know, potentially a Logan Chalmers who hasn't played much or a Niskanen who is that more direct. I don't think either of them are close to Kujo at the moment in terms mm-hmm. of taking his place in the side. So, um, with with Jim Goodwin very much seeing Middleton as an out-and-out left winger to challenge Fotheringham on that side, you've got a really interesting 
free run, if you like, for Matthew Cujo to... You're do. talking about, oh, I'm sorry, talking about Matthew Cujo in an attacking sense, but mm. there are going to be games where United are going to have to, you know, be a bit more defensive yep. or parts of games. So does, does Matthew Cujo's game fit into that? He works hard, but needs to affect the game defensively more. Um, what you would say is you never catch him not chasing, you never catch him shirking, um, but size can be an issue in that. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Does he act? Does he win possession? Does he make interceptions? Does he make tackles? It's clearly not his game, but something that you'll need to uh, improve on. Just in terms of you, you can make you can be good defensively just by getting in the way, making interceptions, yeah, getting yourself yeah. in the right spot. So defensively, that's what they'll be working from. Liam Grimshaw really quietly was good in Carlisle, talking to him, uh, chatting to him. Doherty as well, constantly telling him when. It, that's where your players like that are so key, yeah. isn't it? You know, if uh, you talk about these. Uh, players that we've mentioned in passing Doherty Grimshaw Kevin Holt um, you know fans might shrug at players like this because they are journeyman footballers but you watch them on the pitch they talk they're loud they're pointing they're, uh, that's what Dundee United were lacking a lot last season and you're seeing it already and that'll benefit guys like mm. Matthew Cujo and Kai Fotheringham who in fact it already is benefiting them it really is you know they've both turned up really well and it's a shame for Kai that he'll miss Friday night but you know they both showed up really well Mikasen showed up well at times as well and I think they're benefiting from the the, the character profile that, uh, that that Jim's built and I think that's the right word you know I think it is you know it's not just about quality it's about character profile and that it's a very dr different dressing room this season I think and I, I don't mean that in a nasty way about last season. It was just because they weren't a bad group at all. They, they were really nice and pleasant yeah. and great to deal with. But um, now it's just a, a dressing room that I would suggest is a bit more edge, a bit more um, hatred towards losing, if that's, <laughs> if that's the right way to put it. And I think that leadership will serve them well. Right, just to finish off this section, I'll uh, fire out some uh, predictions maybe, shall we? Oh, that, great. I know. You've already written it for the paper. It's in the telly today. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, where they gonna Tam thinks they're going to win the league by October. Outrageous. But uh, what do you think? I United? think they'll win the league with difficulty. And I think Wraith Rovers will be there all the way. That would be interesting. I think the, the first one's probably got a dull prediction. That, the second element might be slightly, vaguely more interesting. And. Um, I think the the star performer will be Louis Mo. From speaking to him, and from speaking to you know some people behind the scenes privately, I, th I think there's a real confidence that after um, a complicated time, the injury niggles and the, the issues and the persistence of it have finally been solved by the latest surgery. So um, people that are far more knowledgeable about this sort of thing are confident that he'll stay fit. Mm. So I'll go along with that confidence that he'll stay fit. And if he does. I think you're looking at a 20-goal striker. I really do. Um, with the guys that we've discussed that are behind him, serving up the bullets, I think you're looking at a 20-goal striker. So, um, yeah, your star performer, Louis Moe, your prediction first. But okay, well, I, I think it'll be tough. Well, I really... No prediction. I know. Well, the cha he's picked the champions, the runners up, and done United's, <laughs> you've got the United's player of the year in there as well. well you can be young player of the year. Yeah, well, <laughs> we'll chop that up and keep yeah. that for the end of the season. It's, it's yeah. the, well, I, th I think without doubt it's, it's going to be tough. You know, I think United will, will win it. It could depend on fitness issues. I, mm -hmm. I, I really do feel that if, if Louis Moult can, can stay fit, if Declan Gallagher can stay fit, I think there's no doubt they've got the best the best squad in, in the Championship. Um, lots of good teams. I, I mean, I, I, I think Inverness will be challenging again. You don't know about Queen's Park. We're in unknown. Uh, Queen's Park were fantastic last season. For Nobody expected them to go the distance the, the way yeah. they did, but they were a fantastic team of Watson. Unknown manager, so many yeah. new players. Interesting one as yeah, well. Yeah, I think they could, they could, they could, you D know. Didn't have a great vibe play. Though. No, but. Uh, Although they were up against Queen of the South, so you give, uh, give them that. I think they'll have got a bit of money in there as well to spend, which they'll have spent a bit of it. Um, so, you know, they, they could be back there again. Um, yeah, Airdrie will be good. Airdrie, I saw them in the in the in the in the, in the via play, like playing a bit of football. But we spoke about this. They are a team who do like to overcook it at the back. <laughs> we spoke about yeah. Arbroath, who tend to get things forward very quickly. Airdrie do like to to play through. to play a bit, but don't. You it's know, the, the reflection of their manager. Yeah, it is. But I think that I think and they got picked off a couple of times against Dundee, and Dundee didn't capitalise on that. So, yeah. I think it'll be really, really tough again. And what we say to Dungeon United fans, I do expect them to finish up top of the pile. 
but it's going to go the distance. And you think your Rangers fans have to hold their nerve. I think that that's the main thing. There's very few teams that are going to be top. It's very unlikely Dun United will be top tomorrow night. Well, they will be top tomorrow night because if they win that game, but they will be top from game week one right through to game week 36. There will be periods when they might be second. There will be periods where they might be third. But as long as they're within good touch and distance of the teams above them, um, you know, you're always confident that over the distance, Dundee United will come out on top. And uh, yeah, I, I take Dundee United... Dundee United to win um, second. I don't know. There's so many, so many good teams well, to, that, can make a fist yeah. of it. I like the look of Wraith. I think Air might be decent as well. They lost Akinyemi, obviously, but they had a good cup campaign. I, I think they've Aidan McGeady and uh, Jamie Murphy on the wings. That's not so bad for the championship. Um, I, I do, yeah, I'm with the pair of you. We'll go for a, a full house in terms of United winning the league, but I, yeah, I think it'll go all the way again. Maybe not quite the same as it was <laughs> last season. With the, it was quite a low point points total for Dundee and the rest last season because everybody was beating everybody. But there are... It's, I think it's harder to pick the team that's getting relegated, I have to say, because there is a lot of good teams in that championship. Although, it might be a broth to go down. Well, we're, not, we're, not, we're not even spoken about like, I, can, I can hear you I'm, 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 not, I'm not predicting that oh, but yeah. before Friday night imagine that if I, <laughs> I predict the bros to get relegated and beat United 3-0 yeah. not running that risk yeah, fair enough right we'll move on I think that's enough championship talk let's go on to the premiership do you like a true crime podcast bear I do especially if it's local what if I told you about a podcast that tells the story of a massive cocaine smuggling operation involving a man from Blair Gowrie who did a deal with the Cali cartel to import £100 million of uncut cocaine to Scotland? I'm listening. Hunting Mr X is DC Thompson's first true crime podcast that reveals the unbelievable story behind Julian Chisholm, who also became known as Mr X. It's got a prison break, an assassination plot... Undercover Surveillance, The Lot. Where can I listen to this? Hunting Mr X is available on all your major podcasting platforms from Spotify to Apple. Subscribe now. And Bear, back in the top flight, home match to kick off on unfurling the championship winner's flag. Mm -hmm. You're looking forward oh, to Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And I think most Dundee fans are eagerly looking forward to the to the game on Saturday against Motherwell. Um I looked at the table and we're sitting third at the moment. So <laughs> I'm quite happy with that as things stand. But it's not, it's going to be really exciting. A new manager, lots of new players, George. Yeah. Lots of new players. Um, have they got a, a squad and I kind of put a team on the park there that can keep them finally, you know. That that was the big... Gary Boyer said at the end of the last season, you know, Dundee have to stop being a yo-yo team going up and down and up and down. You know, and... The recruitment this season, I think, is, is slightly different. You know, you, you get the feeling that they've, they've, they've certainly they've looked at the, the, the sort of mandate for a team that is going to keep you in that division and it's not all going to be pretty football. Mm -hmm. You're going to need the physical, physical side of things as well. And I think that's what let Dundee down the last time they were in the Premier League. They were quite a small team. They were. They? I, th yeah. I felt they didn't match up to a lot of teams physically and that, that cost them ultimately. Um, so, but yeah, but really looking forward to, to the game on Saturday uh, against a Motherwell side who uh, Stuart Kettlewell obviously took over towards the end of last season and had an unbelievable run just to be took them into the top six, a team that was staring relegation mm. in the face at one point um, and took them away. But, uh, um, you know, I think a lot of Dundee fans think it's, it's, it's a good one for Dundee to start with, but Motherwell are a tough, tough side and they've got a lot of boys who have, who have played Premiership football for a long time and, you know, you're just looking at their goalkeeper, Liam Kelly, and you know, Lamy at the back. Callum Butcher, the man Dundee fans love to hate. I never think he's injured at this point in time. I don't I don't think he will be will be playing. Um, you know, and they've got they've got one or two others. Barry Maguire, I think, still still at Motherwell, who's at Dundee yeah, last season. So he, was, he was playing for Motherwell B, I just yeah, noticed uh, another, this week. So I don't know whether he's you know, getting if, a game. If Gary Boyer had stayed at Dens, he might have been in a Dundee shirt. We just just don't know. But it's, it's what Dundee do, and I think the signings that, that Tony Docherty has made, we spoke about United, the spine of the team. Yeah, you know, and we'll, we'll come on. To but the he's signed enough to make a full team and have a sub goalkeeper. Yeah, the, yeah. of all the players he's brought in, yeah. somebody's got twelve. Oh, you love a goalkeeper. Whole, <laughs> Good yeah, grief! They do, they do. I mean, 
it's uh, the Carson thing started way back early in the ah, right the start June. of the summer, wasn't it? Yeah, it was June. And it seemed to all go quiet on that, and the fact that they brought in you know John McCracken, yeah. that, that looked as though it was dead in, in the water. But you know now he's turned up. It shows how highly he is regarded by Tony Dockery that he has gone out and got him, and he obviously feels at the points he's, he's going to be number one. There's no doubt about that. He'll be well, the number one. They spend money on him making him a three-year deal. Yeah, but he obviously feels the the, the points that, that Carson can can win the Dundee team will go a long way to, and the experience he brings will, will go a long way to keeping Dundee in the division. You've just got to trust the manager, judgment on that. I've got to say, I think he's a fan, Trevor Carson, I think he's a fantastic word Tom Carson years and years ago in the Dundee. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Carson must be in his 60s now, he's, he's not signed for Dundee. Trevor Carson, um, I think he's a terrific goalkeeper and you only have to go back to the Scottish Cup tie between the sides last season and he was one of the reasons Dundee didn't ask to go it? through that. Yeah. He also made a couple of big saves during yeah. the 90 minutes as well. I've always been a big admirer of uh, uh, Trevor Carson so yeah centre of defence as, as well they've, you know they brought in Joe Shaughnessy he's been as I say he's been cruising through games um, they brought in Amadou Bakayoko well done yeah up, up top and I, I like the look of him I like to look at him instantly instantly yeah. because he, he he showed a bit of experience at certain times you know and, and he's a big lad he looks well capable of, of Knocking a few boys about, I think it's it's very early days, you know, to make too many, too many sort of judgments on him as things stand. But he, he looked exactly to me what they need. If he can score goals, even better, you know, we've got to find that one out. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, huge squad, lots and lots of players. I mean, uh, there's just so many. I would expect a few possibly to go on loan, um, but yeah. Pep Guardiola doesn't worry about having a squad about 37, 38 players. So I'm sure to, managers, man, people go, yeah, you only need 11 players to play the game. Managers won't be concerned yeah. about the amount of players they've got on reserve. They uh, love, he's in a fortunate position to have guys who have, you know, good experience to come on and play. And that's what Dundee's going to need for for this Premier League. And hopefully there'll be a big crowd at Dens on Saturday. It'll be, I mean, the, the League Cup ties have been a couple of thousand, but Saturday yeah. I would expect... The season tickets. Yeah, I would expect yeah. over 6,000 at Dens. I'm sure Motherwell will, will bring a decent support through. Um, you know, the pitch is looking fantastic and hopefully Dundee can get off to a good start. And I did promise right at the start that we wouldn't compare any of Dundee's signings to any huge stars of the 70s and 80s and Bears just compared Tony Doherty to Pep Guardiola. <laughs> well, I compared Trevor Carson to Tom Carson. <laughs> <laughs> Alan, what do, what do you make of the, the Carson uh, arrival? I find it peculiar. Yeah. I find it a bit peculiar. Um, if it's the reported six-figure fee... Well, we know someone have been a wee bit cheeky with these things. Yeah, I would be staggered if Dundee have paid St Mirren six figures without it being wildly staggered or contingent or something yeah. or other. It's, you allude to it there, but St Mirren were a little bit naughty with our um, Declan Gallagher um, putting on Twitter that they'd sold him for an undisclosed fee when in actuality it is an undisclosed fee but will only come into effect if Dundee United are promoted. So it's mm. a future fee that might not happen. Um, so they are... Uh, they know how to pad messaging. Uh, let's uh, we'll put it that <laughs> yeah. way. Um, but taking away the but finances... But they, they will have paid a fee for it. Yeah, absolutely. And ta But taking away the, the, the finances for uh, a player of that age, he is quite clearly a vastly experienced goalkeeper, will win them points as, you know, reading your stuff in the paper. You know, I, I don't think there's any doubt that he will win Dundee points. I remember thinking and, you know, it was visible the amount of points that, for example, Benji Segrist saved Dundee United when he wasn't in the team, you were look. It must have been about a twenty-point swing, and that's no exaggeration. He was that good, and sadly, the replacement was that bad. But it's, well, the replacement uh, was supposed to be Trevor Carson, though, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, of course. <laughs> well, yeah, that's um, yeah, decision making, decision making. Yeah. Uh, the other interesting question is what it means for, for example, a John McCracken. That's you know, I it's I, I do wonder to myself what. Norwich are thinking exactly because they've effectively had a young player who wouldn't have got many minutes perhaps sitting on the bench he's now been sent up to Scotland to sit on the bench in Scotland I, I don't get what's in for Norwich and mm. if Dundee are paying anything for him I don't really get what's in it for Dundee I don't know whether this is just a case of when an opportunity that is too good 
to ignore comes up, you take that opportunity. That could very well be the case. But um, if it pans out as I suspect it will pan out, I do wonder if we'll see McCracken going back to Norwich in January. I did wonder that. I wonder whether maybe because it takes so long, it was back in June when the mm. Carson thing kind of arrived, maybe they came to the thinking they would concentrate elsewhere and they, they brought in McCracken for yeah. uh, far less money in, in terms of a loan deal. Uh, and it just so happened that further down the line they got their bodies in and they had the extra budget to go back and get Carson. Because um, McCracken there, he's, he's mm. played the three out of the four. Yeah. So it looked like he was in the in the hot seat for, yeah, for without, that without having, spot. And Legston's Adam, Adam Legston's, we know what Adam, Adam Legston's can do, um, but he didn't have hardly anything to do in the games he played in in, in pre-season and even in the sort of live play cup games I've got to say John McCracken didn't have a, a huge amount to do as well but probably made he more saves well on Sunday, I thought. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, yeah looking at Sunday's game though I think the way the game panned out and Dundee got desperate for a, 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 a second goal it was it was you, yeah. you have a chance we all have a chance so there was, was saves to be made but he made them all I've got to say he looks incredibly comfortable with the ball at his feet he looks like he could play outside in five sides no problem whatsoever mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, as a strange one, but you've got to be prepared in football that you know these things will happen. Dundee had three keepers last season, and Harry Sharp and, and Big Lawler and Adam Legsdens, and they all got a fair amount of game time over the course of the uh, season. They all got their, their chance they all to did show. Well. It was yeah, they did, and, and you know I'm, I don't wish any ill, Ill luck on uh, Trevor Carson. He's just at the club, but he has had injury issues in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to have good backup there. And as you said right at the start, George, uh, about Tony Docker, he does like three goalkeepers. He obviously doesn't want to be left in a situation, you know, whereby you, you've effectively got uh, one goalkeeper and if, if somebody gets injured, you're, you're down to your, sort of, your young lad in the reserve sort of thing. So um, he's, he's well covered in that situation. So he's, got, he's certainly got the goalkeeping situation well sorted out. Um, it's just how he fits them all into the team, not just the goalkeepers, but everybody else as well. He's brought in the Mexicans, you know, he's brought yeah. in quite a few others as well. This is where it's going to be interesting for Tony Dockery. It's going to be a, a first for him because he's always been, you know, an assistant boss. He's not had to tell players the day of the game or, or the day before the game, son, you're not in the starting squad and you know what? You're not even on the bench because yeah. then you've got that many players they're not all going to get a jersey on on Saturday. Um, so it's, it's how he he deals with them, and some some players will take it well and just get their head down and work, but some players could take the, the cream puff as as we've seen in the past. Mm-hmm. But uh, everybody, I mean, there's a lot of games to be played. I'm sure everybody will get the chance to show what they can do. Just as an observation on the squad building that you're touching on there, I mean, the the one thing I, I notice is there's a quite a great deal of youth in there, and also yeah. there's not an awful lot of Scottish Premiership experience, which speaks well to the uh, imagination and the, you know, the, <laughs> the breadth of scouting, obviously, but um, risky for a newly promoted team, you, you might guess. Yeah, I, I, that's my main worry, really, um, because you look at all the, particularly the, the players in on loan, they all look really talented. You have to say that. It looks like there's plenty of quality in there. Mm-hmm. It comes down to the mentality side of things and the experience that, and dealing with, there's going to be setbacks. Yeah. A new team in the Premiership, they're going to, possibly lose more games than they win probably um so you have to you have to deal with that and that's something that Joe Sean is particularly you can see why Tony Dockett wanted to bring him in and, yeah, and he was one part. of the, the one of the was he the first one I think or second one maybe after Tiffany and of course that'll, that'll make Trevor Carson's exactly. job much easier as well he's got the centre half he played with but he also time. speaking to me yesterday he, he spoke about the experience that Carson he said that mm-hmm. was really important as mm-hmm. well that it, bringing in the, the right sort of mentality in his goalkeeper as well. So that's an addition to it. Obviously, he's, he's been around the block. He's 35 years old. He's played for big teams and played for Northern Ireland. So he's, that's, I think that was part of the, the thinking as well, to get another experienced man in there. Um, so he's got four keepers at the moment, as we, as we record. We're expecting Harry Sharp to, to head to Dunfermline. Um Possibly by the time this podcast comes out, but we'll wait and see. But for a talented young keeper, that's not a bad move, Alan. Is it a big club, Dunfermline? There's a lot of expectation. He's he's, he's gonna he's gonna learn a fair bit. Obviously, playing under his old manager as well. Yeah, 
covered Dunfermline with a fair degree of, of regularity in the past and they are a, a big football club with real expectations and I think he'll be tested. I don't yeah. think um I don't think I know they're going to add David Wallerspoon to their ranks as well this week, but I don't think Dunfermline's depth is spectacular. I don't think they've added an awful lot. They are being quite understandably after the tribulations of administration and everything, they are being sensible, they are living within their means, but the squad doesn't look huge compared to what they had last season. And so I think Harry Sharp will be tested. I think there will be games where he's under the cosh. And all the while, although I'm saying, you know, they might struggle and they might, the, the expectation for Dunfermline fans is always that they should be up towards the top end of the second tier. So he will have that um, yeah. weight of expectation to deal with. So it's a, it's a great move. If he's uh, a, a big enough character, if he can handle it, and obviously you'll know him a lot better than me, then... Um, it's a it's a great move. It's a real formative um, experience if you're big enough to handle it. And presumably, James McPake will know him well enough yeah, to yeah. know whether he is the right character. And um, yeah, I ex I expect that to be a really interesting to see how he does really because I, I I think it's a it's a very different challenge ahead for him mm -hmm. um, if he if he does become for whatever reason the number one at Dunfermline um, compared to. Um, you know, staking a claim, but probably never really feeling like the number one at Dundee. I think it's a it's a different challenge, and yeah, really fascinating to see how he sort of stands up to it. He will certainly return to Dens Park a better goalkeeper. I'm, I'm, I'm well, yeah, you know, ninety nine percent sure of that. No, I, I agree. I, th I think that's a good move for for everybody involved. I have to say, um, I was impressed with them last season. Obviously, they lost his place in the end. He was maybe a wee bit inexperienced at times, but he also when he made his debut. He came out of nowhere, didn't he? Bear? I think it was mm -hmm. COVID time. I think Ian Lawler was, I think yep. Langston's was out. Lawler picked up COVID on the morning of the game or something like that at Motherwell. And Harry Sharp was chopped mm -hmm. straight in and, and did really well. Yeah, he's, I don't think he's done anything wrong. Um, I think he's he, he's looked very competent. And one thing that worries me, he looks he doesn't look the tallest. Mm. Uh, goalkeepers nowadays, as, as we've seen, are tend to be six four, six five. You know, Trevor Carson is not that. I, I do admit that. I do admit that. he's coming from a different. He's coming from a position though where he has established himself yeah, yeah. as as a number one. You know, Harry Sharp has to go and do that. I think he has to go and play games. That's that's a fact. I mean, there's no point in him sitting on the bench a full season at Dens. His development will stall incredibly. You know, you'll get a chance at Dunfermline. I'm sure um, to do that and you know go and show just how a good good goalkeeper. Yeah, actually. So yeah, it's a it's a good move. It's a good move for everyone, George. I think. Quite aside from the you know the Dundee connection that James McPake's got as well, he's also I think he's a good manager to go and work for mm -hmm. if you're a young player because yeah. just uh, I think we could go over all ground in terms of the amount of debuts he gave to Dundee players. Everyone listening of the Dundee persuasion will know that. But even since he's gone to Dunfermline, the tune that he's getting out of Matty Todd, who's it was fantastic last season, really positive. He's uh, brought on Chris Mockery when he was on loan from Dundee United, and he's you, you're certainly a glimpse of of kind of what Lewis McCann can do. Another young player at Dunfermline, like you know, brother of, uh, of Ali McCann, obviously, mm -hmm. and uh, he gives young players an opportunity. And uh, like we were discussing earlier, basically says to them, you know, you're, I'll keep you in the team until you play your way out the team. Um, so I think that's a real positive, and that's all you want as a young player. So I think he's going to play for a good manager. And Bear, you, you mentioned about uh, players not even making the, the match day squad just before. One of those uh, on Sunday was Sean Bourne. I noticed mm -hmm. when I arrived at Dens Park, maybe just over an hour before kickoff, which was quite early for me, I have to say. <laughs> Very early for you, Yeah, yours. I was like, I don't know what was You must have thought it was a two o'clock <laughs> kickoff last yeah. week. Um, but he was on the pitch doing training by himself, yeah. Um, yeah. which is in. Interesting to see. Obviously, he wants to be in that team, uh, but he's not played a single minute. No, no. I, yeah, that, that could be telling. Um, obviously, under contract for another season. I, I think it's down to Sean Byrne. Um, you know, is he prepared to spend another season warming the bench, which he, he yeah, may be sure. doing, or I'm sure he'd have. A, Sean Byrne is a very, very talented yeah. footballer, but he's not the right fit for Dundee. Obviously, for for where they are at this point in time, and you know. Um, there may be other clubs out there that think you could do a job. I certainly think at championship level would be a valuable, valuable addition mm -hmm. for, for someone in the club I've just been speaking about. 
Uh, Dunfermline, I don't know if, if James McPeak would, would like him over there, but no doubt he would. <coughs> I think he, he, yeah. he, he is an experienced player who can take the ball, he knows when to put a tackle in, um, and he can he passes the ball very well uh, as well. So there's a lot to like about Sean Byrne, but unfortunately for him, he's, he's like like as football, George, he's just been squeezed out, and you know it's up to him to decide what, what he's going mm-hmm. to do what he's going to do next and, and make the best move for him and for his family, obviously as well. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. Um, Looking at Dundee as a whole, I think that he's he's got he's got lots of players. You know, and there's no doubt about that. The biggest I'll be interested to see who he plays on Saturday, first of all. But I think most of all, I'll be interested to see the formation, what setup he uses. If he uses the three at the back or he reverts back to a four. Now for me, I get the fear with three at the back. I think it, it, they were exposed on Saturday again, on Sunday, sorry, against Inverness uh, on the right-hand side um, where uh, Lee Ashcroft was playing. Not because of Lee Ashcroft especially, but I think it was more to do who was playing on the right-hand side. It was Josh Mulligan who likes to get forward and leave, leaves far too big a gap at times. Now, what I, happened, I could hear Lee Ashcroft yeah, yelling at him. At what was, what, to, to what was back, actually, what was happening was Lee Ashcroft was getting himself exposed with a guy, Nathan Shaw, who is a good player at a band. Right. Now, he's got good feet. And Nathan Shaw was, was buzzing past him at the edge of the box. Now, if that happens in the Premier League, exactly the same thing will happen. Um, for me, I think the manager's got a choice to make. He's got the three central defenders. Portales, I don't think, put a foot wrong last week. I think he won most balls in the air. He looked more comfortable on the left-hand side because he wasn't, wasn't getting exposed as much because Owen Beck plays mm-hmm. as a left-back. Now, the manager's got a, a choice to make. Does he stick with the three centre-backs or does he basically say, we're going to go with a four and one of them has to drop out? If he sticks with the three, I would suggest that he has to look at the right-hand side of the partner. As much as Josh Mulligan brings to Dundee FC, for me and for Lee Ashcroft, I think he'd be more suited But a guy like Cammy Kerr playing it on, the, on that right-hand side, a more natural natural defender. Yeah. Now, that's a big call because you don't get the same impact going forward. But we can't have, we can't have Lee Ashcroft being exposed on that, on that right-hand side week in, week out, because there are talented players in that league who will just ghost past him. Mm. You know, and when we're talking, he's going to be putting in rash tackles, maybe penalty kicks. He he just can't be exposed like that. Unless a manager has a work with Mulligan and says, look, you're going to have to play a wee bit deeper, but it's not in his game. I also think that there were times that Dundee were taking, you know, goal kicks. So, and it was was John McCracken. And Lee Ashcroft was going 10 yards into opposition half. I think he was to be the target if yeah, they were going long, I think. but that leaves a massive hole. Yeah. If you're only playing three at the back, that leaves a huge hole. One misplaced header, Alan, a header that goes maybe not... If Ashcroft doesn't want it properly and knock it on, if he heads it square and it goes to an opposition player, the right-hand flank is wide open. Yeah. You know, so I, I just... I don't like it. You can see I'm not a big <laughs> fan of it. I think you can play it, but it's got to be the right personnel. It's interesting. I think maybe Aaron Donnelly... The, the lad brought in from Nottingham Forest who's unfortunately injured um, they're waiting to hear how, how bad he's turned his oh, ankle right. um, so I think he was signed to play on the left of that back three that seems to be his mm-hmm. favourite position although he can play uh, wing back uh, and, and full back um, so I wonder whether he was signed to play on that left hand side because he's left, left sided Um but interestingly, I was at the Dundee B game on Wednesday against Bucky Thistle. Uh, some interesting players playing, but they played the three-five-two formation. So I'm wondering whether that's going to be mm-hmm. the first choice, and and they're trying to get that through the through mm-hmm. into the youth team as well. What does that mean for the more attacking wide players that Dundee have got? Because for example, Scott Tiffany was yeah. a marquee signing uh-huh. and that's the uh, Scott Tiffany does not play anywhere in a five. Well, he, 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 played him, he played him in the number 10 on Sunday. And no, way Scott no, it's not. I don't mean literally can't <laughs> play anywhere. I mean in terms of you getting the best out of Scott Tiffany, he needs yeah, to play wide. He did, you could see that he got taken off at half time. He didn't have a a great game. Lyle Cameron came on and he's a lot more suited to that central position. Yeah. So Interesting. it might just be one of these, depending on the opposition, depending who's fit and who's in form that Tony Dockett switches between the three and the four. Um, I'm, I'm kind of with Bear on, on the three. I feel like there's a lot more moving parts in a, in a three. If you get it right, it's really effective. Yeah. You could see the, the teams, Antonio Conte is obviously the, the master at it when he 
his teams get it right, they're really, really difficult to beat. But there's more moving parts, so there's more chance of risk, I think. It also allows you player two up front, which that's the other is, thing. Is the I wonder if that's the mm-hmm. major benefit that Tony Docker is. Well, the second half, Bakayoko and Robinson together up front is yeah. a very, very strong in terms of physical strength, too. Um, so yeah, it's there's plus points and 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 kind of negatives in, in yeah, terms of Scott I mean, Tiffany. You, you, you spoke about Scott Tiffany, and I, I, you know. I, he didn't have a great game. He was he was obviously he prefers to be out wide. You saw that when you got the ball, he tended to drift yeah. over to the right. Um, but it's, it's early days. But f- from a Dundee point of view, uh, I thought Luke McCowan came on and did, did well. He, was when he came yeah. on, so maybe he's, a right wing back. Yeah, he's maybe Just, he's he's put himself yeah. in, in the picture. But I, I do feel that Lee Ashcroft and I, I must be I, I'm a, I'm the Lee Ashcroft's biggest fan. But I like to see him in between the posts and not going much further than that either side, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. When, he, when he's taken away across to right back and there's there's acres of space, like you say, Nathan Shaw is a very clever player. I think he's a player who can play at a higher level, to be, to be honest. He's, he's got really good feet. Um, but he just ghosted past him a couple of times. We can't have that. I mean, there'll be players of Nathan Shaw's ability and better yeah. in the top flight who will, who will take Lee Ashcroft to the cleaners unless he gets better cover. Be first taste of VAR as well at yeah. Park. I've, I haven't been at a game yet with a video assistant referee. If that that's what it is, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, I can tell by Alan's face that it's it's really exciting <laughs> and, uh, and really adds to the spectacle. Does it? It's slow. The communication's terrible. It breaks up the game. It's. Um, I'm not a huge admirer of that. I'd rather people were just allowed to make mistakes the same way that football players are allowed to make yeah. mistakes. Um, however, uh, this is a situation we've got ourselves in by vilifying referees and using them yeah. as a scapegoat for every defeat after uh, in post-match press conferences for so many years. So uh, it is what it is. But no, I don't enjoy it as a spectacle. Don't enjoy it as a working experience. And I don't think the supporters enjoy it much either. So that was my. It's the only positive to the United's <laughs> relegation. Yeah. Cannot wait for a season where games actually end on. 90 plus 3 minutes rather than when you tally in the VARs 90 plus 14 effectively yeah. so, so. The, what what are you feeling about it there? well it's, it's all new and it's going to be new for the Dundee supporters and let's hope that it doesn't spoil the moment tomorrow that's what I think that's what Premier League fans have become used to the premiership the top flight clubs who have been using it for the, for the past season or so and you know unfortunately you become a wee bit accustomed not to celebrate a goal too much just in case yeah you know, are all the boxes ticked? You know, but it's going to happen for sure. And hope, I mean, like everything else, it'll happen in Dundee's favour, and it'll be against Dundee as well. But it's it's the same for every team in the top flight. I think there there are good there are good points to it. But when it when it spoils the flow of the game, and, and as Alan says, there's a communication problem as well, and the, the, the length of time it can take sometimes. George, this is going to impact. This is going to impact on us being back in the pub. After the game, this is going, <laughs> we're having sort of stoppage time is going into 10, 11 minutes at the game, you know. Well, it, it sounds like I was up at Dens for the, the pre match press conference uh, yesterday, and it sounds like the, the meeting they had with the SFA referees uh, went strongly into added time. It, yeah, it was supposed to be an hour, it ended up almost two hours, I think. And the players and coaches weren't particularly happy with that because yeah. um, there was a lot of boring stuff, I think. Um, it's part and parcel of the game, and you've got to accept that. Yeah, so the, the, the concern I've, I had there was a bit, still a bit of confusion over the handball rule. Yeah. Some of the players think one yeah. thing, and uh, I think the rules the other way. There's still confusion. There was a few glaring errors last season. Absolutely yeah. glaring errors. You wonder what, who was who was looking at these things in this subjective calls, but they were so bad. Yeah, so bad. I'm, I'm clearly grumpy and don't like the logistics of it. But yeah. worth noting, it is what it is. You know, that's just that's just me moaning. However, bears right the actual decision making yeah. the actual implementation also has to improve because I don't particularly like the system I don't like having it but a bigger issue than that in my personal yeah. view is I think there was bad decisions made last season and there needs to be an improvement mm-hmm. that's right mm-hmm. I, I saw a programme it was, it was actually it was on the English Premier League and it was Howard Webb explaining how they'd got to a decision the fans couldn't understand. I can't remember exactly what it was. It was it was an incident prior to an incident, something like that, that they'd gone back and had to look at first. And, but the fact that he actually was able to explain it 
it became clear. Yeah, I think yeah. that's what that's where they need to get in, in Scottish football as well. But you don't football's a, a game about momentum. You, I mean, you, you want the game to continue to flow. If it stops and there's there's huge gaps, you know that just that just makes it for a poor spectacle. Mm-hmm. Well, let's hope it's that not a poor spectacle in terms of Dundee fans. Finished off the United bit with a bit of uh, predictions, so we better do that with, with Dundee. Bear, I'll throw to you first. Oh, thanks, George. Where, where are they finishing? I'll get in, my, I'll get in my, where Dundee will finish and who will finish below them? <laughs> but, oh, we're giving them away already. Yeah, yeah. Um, early days for Dundee. The squad building looks good. Um, I would be quite satisfied anywhere in the bottom six. Preferably... But not the bottom two. Yeah, yeah preferably not a last day... Uh, Got a snatch to try and get a few points to keep their heads above water. Mm. You know, I'll go for eighth, George, which I'd be quite happy with. Wow. Um, below them, I think there's a couple of teams got issues at the moment. Uh, St. Johnson, um, I think Livingston's day has come. So I hope David Martindale don't give him my address. <laughs> <laughs> um, and maybe Motherwell. I think yeah, Motherwell, Motherwell, there. you know, did really well. Last season under Stuart Kettle, well, <laughs> there's a theme going here. Um, but they've lost uh, a big player in Kevin Van Veen yeah, yeah. up top, and Callum Butcher's injured as well. So, the two big players out of their team to begin with. So, uh, I think the signing of Phil Bear looks a bit desperate to me. I'm, I'm sorry to say that, but you know, it's for him coming in late in the window when they probably could have done that business a wee bit earlier if they wanted to suggest that you know that they really needed to get someone and they've yeah. not been able to get who they wanted so they've, they've gone and, and, and got him so yeah I'm hoping for Dundee enough points as I've always said point a point a game does you and that's what Dundee should be should be looking for we don't want it doesn't have to be wins every week but as long as you don't go and you know, losing runs of four or five games at a time I'm sure Tony Doherty will make sure that doesn't happen so our Dundee United writer, there's no danger here. Uh, 11th, St Johnston go down, Malachi Boateng will have a good season. Interesting. I, I, Actually, just on Boateng, he's getting better every week. Yeah, he's getting better it. every week. Yeah. I thought he was very good on, yeah. on Sunday, I have to say. Um, I'm kind of with Bear. I, I, I think around about 8th might be, 8th, ninth. I think... Positive, eh? Well, there's a lot of talent in the, in the players. I think there might be inconsistency as we can expect from young players um, so there'll be some really good days I think there'll be some pretty bad days I think the one area we could send me probably the most is taking chances still, that's been the issue at the moment yeah. still look as though they're passing up too many chances can that was an issue somebody, last season yeah. as well wasn't it yeah. um, no I, I, I agree I think they, they could do with <laughs> they've signed enough players already yeah. but um, uh, I, d- I don't think he's stopping well, though yeah. um, I, d- I think they could maybe do with a wee bit more in the, in the middle in terms of experience yeah, yeah. Uh, I think so I premiership I would agree um, with that but I think that's enough waffle we've gone for over an hour already so I think we'll, we'll call it a day but thanks very much for listening and uh, we'll be back next week for week two of the premiership and championship if you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it. Or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people find Twa Teams One Street, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget to pick up your copy of the Tilly Monday to Saturday for all the latest from Dens and Tanadise.